What is up, guys? Welcome back to Beat the Book Podcast. This is uh, week four. We're starting now. We're going to talk a little bit today about week three in the NFL, a recap, the crazy weekend we had, a little NBA Finals preview, a little college football uh, review, um, as well as M- the MLB playoffs starting. So we had a lot going on, a lot that happened this past weekend. Um, and both me and Tommy coming off, I think, a su- successful weekend. Uh, beating the book in the green. That's all that matters at the end of the day. So discuss those things and uh, get into it this week. Yeah, sports are completely back, full swing. Um, just sports overload. My brain absolutely loves it. Uh, so, yeah, Shep, let's, let's get into it, dude. good week for us um we like like i said in the intro we both had a good week gambling i think only thing i messed up was the freaking uh cardinals screwing up my parlay with kyler murray throwing three picks besides that it was good um made some money on basketball made some money on football but uh we're gonna start i think this week with the kind of a new segment we're thinking about doing uh little clown of the week so what this is is me and tom will kind of go back and forth and discuss you know whether it's a, a player, a coach, a GM, could be a ref, could be whoever, could be a fan base, who kind of just looks stupid this week and uh, this past week and made some mistakes or made a bad call. Um, could be us making a bad gambling call, whatever it could be. So we're going to start with that this week. Uh, I'll open that up. My first clown of the week is, uh, as to be expected, Dan Quinn and just Falcon fan, fans in general. Um, just another week another blown fourth quarter lead, another disappointing loss um, where, you know, it looked like they were going to run away with that game and just could not close against this week. It was the bears. Um, just, just so sad, honestly, to watch. And when you're watching a, a late game with the Falcons up, um, you kind of expect it to happen now and they just blew that. So that yeah, I think, I think Falcons fans, you, I, I don't even think you can expect anything else as a Falcons fan. You go into the, fourth quarter with a double digit lead. I think as a Falcons fan, you just have to be like, all right, well, you know what? We're probably going to lose this game. It's like, insane how they managed to rather be down like two scores than up two scores in the fourth quarter if I'm a Falcons fan. Yeah. Cause they just don't have, they just somehow can't figure out how to get a few first downs, run the, run the clock out. They just, it's not in their DNA. They, they, yeah, can't they, they have no defense. So as if they don't, if they have to punt more than once, then you know that the other team's going to come down and score because their defense is like cutting through butter with a hot knife. It's atrocious yeah, to watch, um, but it's good for overs. It's great for overs. That's why I say the only, only time I'll ever bet on the Falcons will be if it's an over. Never, I've never, never bet on them otherwise. No. Um, and then I'll go with my second one real quick, <clears throat> um, and that is going to be Aaron Rodgers haters. 
Uh, we've talked about it so many times this podcast. I think we're definitely a, a pro Aaron Rodgers podcast in terms of his skill level. So many people had him down and out. The Packers is not the favorite in that division. Um, and he came back yet again, proved everyone wrong yet again that Aaron Rodgers is not done. He's not, you know, over the hill at all. He's still a top-tier quarterback. And his offense puts up tons of points, even without Devontae Adams. Um, so anyone who thought Aaron Rodgers was not going to come out and play well this year, you're stupid. You're a clown belief for me because he's uh, unreal still. He's still Aaron yeah. Rodgers. He is. And, uh, you know, we, we've talked about it multiple times. We don't have to rehash it, but um... – He's on a on a fuck you tour, and uh, it's in it's in full swing right now. And I feel blessed to be able to watch it. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. And uh, my clown of the week has got to be uh, Doug Peterson, you know, and the Eagles. Uh, you know, they're they basically played for a tie at the end of that game. They're you know just across the fifty yard line. They're set up for a fifty four-yard field goal, fourth and seven. They decide not to go for it and kick that 54-yard field goal. But then there's a false start, moves them back to 59, and they punt with 19 seconds left. I, I, I don't understand it. Doug Peterson wrote a fucking book called Fearless about how he's all about going for it on fourth down <laughs> stuff. And then you basically just play to tie in the Bengals. The Bengals. Yeah. I mean, you have to be furious as a Eagles fan and you have to, you know, mark Doug Peterson down as a complete clown for that. Um, but with that being said, you know, they're half a game out of the division lead. That division is a dumpster fire. We've talked about that, but it's embarrassing to watch. Yeah. The, the Eagles right now are a clown show. Led hey, my, uh, my, my Bengals Doug Peterson. My Bengals covered, like I said, it was going to happen, even though our, our previous guest, Jack LeBeau, thought I was insane that the Bengals would cover and maybe win. And who's laughing now? Bengals covered. Burrow almost had him uh, win that game. But, yeah, I agree. Uh, Eagles, that's one of those th- games you look at preseason and go, that's a dub for us, and you've got to win those games, especially in this division. Those gimme games are the ones you have to win because all you got to do is be 7-9 and nine and win that division. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's our uh, our clowns of the week. Uh, it's something I think I like and we'll be able to run with a lot in the next few weeks. Let's go quick to college football. Um, lots of games this weekend. SEC was back. Um, and I'll talk real quick on something that's – there were a few ups, a few big upsets. You had LSU losing. Uh, Oklahoma lost. Texas almost blew that. Almost yeah, lost. Texas went to the wire with Texas. They had to. God, there were, that over was around, I think, 60 – or. 50-something pregame, I think it hit 100. So that game was insane, classic Big 12. But, yeah, I mean, I was really surprised with the the parity I saw in the SEC, you know, with there were a lot of big favorites, like the A&M versus uh, Vandy with a 30-something point favorite, um, a lot of big favorites, and there was a lot of one- and two-possession games that were really close. And it was, uh, I don't know, it's interesting to see, and it was it's really fun to see, you know, is will the SEC kind of pull a Pac-12 this year and have everyone beat up on each other? LSC was week one. Um, see how that works but good to watch good to see SEC football back uh Miami also played amazing uh, I told you guys three weeks in a row they'll cover three weeks in a row they have time to listen to me we got a buy yeah we got a buy this week then we got Clemson so uh I'll fully be on the hype train even more so <laughs> after that game depending on how that works out but until then I'm gonna I'm gonna roll it back a little bit and wait 
Yeah, Miami looked good. I had a little friendly wager going on with uh, one of our buddies, um, and I gave him even more than the spread. I gave him, I think, 12 and a half and uh, didn't have to sweat it for a second. Uh, yeah. And it's good. Florida State, just, I, I don't even know. Atrocious. Where do you even go after? They got they got two of their best players now opting out for us this season because they realized the we're, we're 0-3 or whatever. They're 0-2, I think. DeAndre Fran – no, it's not DeAndre Francois. It's uh, Justin Blackman's back there now just getting absolutely crushed. No offensive line year after year. And, yeah. I mean, kind of reminds me of when I played JV football and didn't have <laughs> – <laughs> What a squad. And who was your backup? Your boy. There wow. you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, the SEC, you know, they talk about it, you know, year in and year out being, you know, just super deep. And I think this is one of the years where um, it's, it's, it's pretty, you know, solid across the board. Um, and we saw that in week one. We'll see where it goes from here. But uh, it was just great to have SEC football back. Uh, Coach O on the sidelines, um, Saban, you know, all the boys. Lane Kiffin back at uh, Tennessee. No, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Ole Miss, the Ole, Miss yeah. Ole Miss rocking the powder blues. I love those jerseys. I love those jerseys. Sweet, those yeah. jerseys up. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then in other news, Pac-12's coming back. Pac-12's coming back. Yes. We're going to have Pac-12 after dark. The football world is fully back. Big Ten's are back in, what, three weeks. Uh, Pac-12 will be back in a month. It'll be really interesting to see how the rankings are all fall into place, you know, the Pac-12 doing a seven-game season and starting late. And, guys, I, th- I think Oregon was the preseason uh, favorite for the Pac-12, and much of their eyes opting out, um, seeing how they're going to kind of play into the top 25 rankings. But uh, I think, again, we're going to see maybe two or three Pac-12 teams, maybe maybe four, but it's going to be classic. Just any favorite is going to drop out at the end of the season, and it's going to be a big 10. Yeah, but it, it will be interesting because of the seven-game season, like you're not going to have – like last year when Oregon went into Arizona State and lost the right before the Pac-12 championship, I think this does give the Pac-12 a lot. true, yeah. They're not playing. Um, you the know. Pac-12 is historically bad at beating up their best teams by yeah. an unranked opponent late in the season, and it's like, what the hell? Exactly, exactly. So I think that will help uh, the Pac-12's college football playoff chances if they're even able to make it that far. Um, yeah. So we'll see, but I, I'm happy that the Pac-12 is back. I love the Pac-12, um, and yeah, college football yeah. is is fully, fully in swing. Yeah, and it was it was fun to watch a lot of those games this weekend. Um, and you know, a lot of the SEC schools are are having some fans and going to be. I think they're going to be able to open up more as the season progresses. And who knows? Maybe end of the season we'll have some half capacity games where we can really kind of get into that college football vibe. So yeah, it was great football this weekend. Uh, my Miami Hurricanes are three and zero, so I'm stoked about that and uh, excited. Derek King's now in the Heisman uh, conversation, so hey, it's all I need to hear. That's all you can ask for, right? Hype me up. All right, let's get um, into a little bit of uh, NFL now. Kind of a big part of this, where we kind of had a lot of things going. Um, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of uh, close games and a lot of surprising uh, games and big comebacks here. I think. You know, we had – I think the first thing you got to talk about, obviously, is going to be uh, the Monday night game a little bit, just looking at the Chiefs and the Ravens and how the Chiefs really kind of took over that game. And if not for a Ravens conductor touchdown, uh, it was more of a kind of a blowout than it, it looked. And I think if there's one thing we see from this game is that there's no hangover 
for the Chiefs. There's no, can I take a year back? They are the top dogs in the league, hands down. Um, Mahomes is, is still very much an MVP candidate, regardless of whoever else Russell Wilson might want to say he is. Um, yeah, the Chiefs top, top dogs. I don't know why they were three and a half point underdogs in that game. Um, that's kind of insane to me, so. Yeah, I mean, and I think the media had kind of manufactured this narrative that Mahomes and Lamar have this rivalry, but Mahomes is 3-0 against Lamar, and Andy Reid is coaching with no limitations. It's just, you know, third and 14, it, it doesn't even seem like it's a third and 14. It could be like a third and two. They they are so yeah. creative with their play calling. They have so many weapons. They're, they're dynamic across the board, and they showed why they're – the, were the Super Bowl champs last year and are, in my opinion, the favorite to win it again this year, which I, yeah, I wasn't sure I agree. coming into the season because, um, you know, we talk about how difficult it is for teams to repeat as Super Bowl champions, but um, the Chiefs are are scary. I mean, look, if they're – that's the thing is, look, if they're going to have to come out of the, the AFC, the team they're going to have to beat in the AFC championship game is going to be either the Bills or the Ravens. I think most likely it'll be the Ravens in – they're going to show up and play like this against the Ravens and show they can beat them like this and pretty much have their number. Uh, it's hard to make an argument for any team besides the Chiefs to come out of the AFC. So, yeah, it looked good. Um, I'll talk about next, I mean, obviously that Rams-Bills game. Holy shit. That was – first half, Rams were down, what, 28-3, whatever it was. Um, and, I mean, me and you both loved that Rams money line pick this week. We thought the Rams really had a chance to pull this upset off. Um and I think all three of us, me, you, and our guest, Jack LeBeau, all agreed the Rams were a much better team than they were being given credit for. And didn't look in the first half whatsoever. Um, almost pulled off a miraculous comeback. Went up by, what was it? Like they were four, they're four. four with like a minute left. And the Bills, to their credit, converted a third and 25. And then uh, down near and the they end. they got a P.I. call. And they got a P.I. call. Um you know, a little suspect in my opinion, especially because I was skewed because I was betting on the Rams. Um, but I, you have to give credit to the Bills. They're a very good football team. Josh Allen has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league in the past, uh, not only this year, but in the past 14 games, he's thrown, thrown 33 touchdowns and only three interceptions. Obviously, he's yeah. got to care of the ball as far as fumble-wise goes. He's fumbled a, a little bit too much for my liking, but he is – a really, really dynamic quarterback, tough to game plan against. And um, Stephon Diggs, you know, is Diggs look really good for them. Yeah, into that to that team. You know, he's made a he's made a big impact. Um, so, you know, I I I like the way the Bills are are trending, and they're definitely helping me on my uh, over win total that I took with them. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like, look, if you have, you have a guy like. Like now, Josh Allen is joining that group this year, but guys like Mahomes and and Russ and and Rogers, and when they're down by less than one possession, and they have the ball in the last drive, you you almost feel like you already lost the game. You feel like you know my team scores to go up with a minute and a half or two minutes left, and they have the ball, and all they have to do is score a field goal or a touchdown. You pretty much assume that you're not going to win that game because those guys have so much talent and have done it so many times before. And I think Josh Allen now. I mean, I was watching the game where I was. I wasn't. I was watching the Niners game, but I was following it on like my phone and saw you know Rams score to go up and I see Josh Allen's ball with like a minute and a half, whatever it was left, to do it on a score. And I was immediately like, 
shit. Like, this is yeah. not I mean, I had the game on the whole time because down here in Santa Barbara, that's the local game that we get is the Rams game. Um, Rams, yeah. And you can play, you know, fantastic coverage against what the Bills put out, but because of Josh Allen's dual threat ability, you know, you could have perfect coverage. It breaks down and he can scramble and he's big. He's not afraid to take a hit and you can do everything right and he can still beat you. Um, and that yeah. uh, falls into the same category as guys like Lamar, uh, Mahomes, Russ, Aaron Rodgers, like guys who are really dual threat quarterbacks who can kind of make something out of nothing. Um, and I think Josh Allen is continuing to prove that. Um, and the Bills are the Bills are a very good team. And, and that NFC, or excuse me, that AFC North or AFC East race uh, between them. Yeah. Is going to be really cool to keep our eye on and, and watch as the season progresses. Yeah, I know a lot of people have kind of the Bills as as a not dark horse anymore, but as a a real Super Bowl candidate out of the AFC. You know, if they can find a way to beat the Chiefs down the road in the playoffs, that'll be um, a team that people a lot of people have their eyes on. And look, at the end of the day, it comes down to do you have a quarterback who can take over a game when he needs to, and, and you know go go tit for tat with Mahomes or with Lamar um and, and I think with the Bills they found that guy in, in Josh Allen and the, their defense has got to step it up because they've allowed a ton of points I think it's like something like 30 something points per game uh so far this year um and not uh, not per, per game but it's been twice they've allowed, I think 30 points whatever it was a lot of points to teams who didn't really deserve to score that many points on them so I think they got to step it up on defense a little bit but you know, they have the offense with Josh Allen to do that, and they're going to be scary out of the AFC. So, yeah, and just one, just one last thing on that game. Um, I thought that, you know, despite the Rams losing, the fact that Sean McVay was able to kind of figure out the Bills' defense in the second half and put up points and, and yeah. wrap their team together down 25 to make a, a full comeback um, really speaks value volumes to what Sean McVay is as a coach and people kind of you know were down on him last year because he didn't make the playoffs they came off the Super Bowl which they didn't play very well in and um, I think Sean McVay is really kind of regaining his stature as one of the best coaches in the NFL Uh, so I thought that that was really impressive to see what he did and I, I don't think you can be really too upset with that loss as a Rams fan because you saw what they were able to do, make adjustments, and you have to be pretty, I guess, proud of, you know, the ability of... The response. Yeah, the response, the Rams to not just lay over, but to get up off the mat and and make it a game. Yeah, I think that's something that was my last kind of point in this game was the fact that they were able to come back in the second half put up the points they did and the way they did and stop the Bills as well as they could. Um, kind of shows me the first half was almost maybe a fluke um, in terms of maybe certain things didn't go the way or they weren't game playing correctly because the Rams are a really good team. And if you're going to be able to put up that many points and a half on on a, what was thought to be a good Bills defense, there's something going right. Um, and I think that, you know, I would definitely look going forward uh, love to bet some games with the Rams. Um, I think they're, like we said before, underrated team. They have, they got another loss, so no one's going to have them that highly rated. But I think they're a team that really is dangerous and has offensive weapons and can make things happen and just kind of fell into a big hole in the first half that maybe shouldn't have happened. But we're able to come back, and I think I was, I'm was i going to definitely take a close look at a lot of their lines um, the next coming week because I think that they have a chance to make some money on this team because they're pretty underrated. 
Yeah. So let's stay in the NFC West and talk a little Cardinals. Um, they gave my parlay for the week. They gave the Lions their first win in 12 weeks. Um, and Kyler did not have a good day. He had That's what it comes down to there. Chains, um, and screwed a lot of – I think a lot of people were, were betting on the Cardinals. Um, but, you know, even when Kyler's not having a, a good day, he doesn't quit. They, you know, they came back in that game and made it a game late. Um, and they're, they're still very young, but I – I was I was kind of blown away that they were not able to do more on offense against a Lions defense that really is is pretty subpar. Yeah, I mean, I thought, and, it was, and I think when it comes down to it, look, if you're going to turn the ball over, have your quarterback throw the ball to their team three times, um, that's a recipe for losing a game. I mean, if you look at the numbers in, on over, I, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but it's teams that turn the ball over three times or more are – massively likely to lose the game uh, when you look at the numbers of games overall. And when you have it, especially when your quarterback is throwing three picks, it's going to be very hard to win. And you're going to give Matt Stafford the ball three extra times. Um, it's tough to do that. And I think that, you know, when you look at his numbers of the year, he's that's very um, abnormal for him. And that's why I thought the Cardinals were going to pull this game off. I still thought they were could, maybe going to be able to pull it off at the end um, and find a way to come back. But Stafford kind of led that drive down and had the that last second field goal. But, I think that just does not discredit the Cardinals as much as some people might think, you know, they lost the Lions, whatever. Every team has bad games. Every quarterback has off days and that's okay. And that happens. Um, but yeah, like you said, they, they responded. They almost came back. And I think that they're still a great team. They're still a candidate in the NFC West and they're still going to hit that win total over, but yeah, tough loss for them and tough loss for me on that. Cause every other leg of mine hit besides the freaking Cardinals and Kyler Murray, but. Yeah. And I think like if you had told us, on taking the Cardinals season win total over. You have to be happy that they're two and one to start. I chalked them up to losing the first game to the Niners and they ended up winning that. And so I expected them to be two and one after three weeks. Um, you know, obviously with them winning the first two games, I would have loved to see them win this game against uh in my opinion, inferior team in the Lions. Um but yeah, you have to be happy with where they stand as far as a, a win total uh gambler. Yeah, and and one more kind of int- not one more interesting kind of storyline for me this week was there was a bunch of underdog teams who either won or were you know very very close to winning. You look at like uh, the yeah, Vikings almost the Vikings who almost pulled that game off against the Titans, except for a kind of Titans really big comeback they had to pull. Uh, the Rams, like we said, the Bengals who kind of forced a, a Carson Wentz last minute touchdown drive to tie the game up. Um, and then did a tying overtime. The Texans, who were up against the, the Steelers pretty much most of that game until the fourth quarter when the Steelers came back and tied it and went up a touchdown. Um, and then the Chiefs, the Packers, the Lions, the Panthers, the Bears, and the Dolphins all pulled off upsets. And a lot of those teams were uh, not, not the Chiefs and the Packers as much, but the Lions, the Panthers, uh, the Dolphins, and the Bears were all at least one possession underdogs. And that was um, kind of an interesting line to look at this week. And of course, the the ones I bet on both didn't hit the Texans and the and the Bengals, but um, there was a lot of underdogs this week who pulled off upsets. I think that was I think it was if you look at the 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 ones that won and the ones that were really close to winning and, and almost could have won, there was ten of the sixteen games this week were that way. So that was really something that was abnormal for me to see um, this week. So maybe Vegas isn't right as much as they think so, and there's opportunities to 
to beat him out there. But yeah, well, an interesting trend about that. You look at the Vikings, the Texans, the Lions, the Panthers. Those four teams were all 0-2 against the spread. And uh, teams that were 0-2 against the spread in the past five years won at a 70% clip against the spread in the third week. Um, so if you had kind of seen that trend, that would have been something that you would have loved to, to use to gamble with. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought that you definitely saw the, the parody of the NFL work its way into week three um, because, you know, it's tough to win a game in the NFL. And uh, we saw that, you know, at any given week, an underdog can win. And in week three, multiple did. Yeah. I think the so yeah I, I agree with that I think that that was, that's something that really is cool about NFL football you can have those upsets easily or pretty much and you never really know. Uh, lastly, let's go to real quick. Uh, I know you have some points here to make. The Seahawks and uh, in, in Cowboys game. I think uh, anyone who had the over in that game was pretty happy. But I, pretty much what we expected: a lot of points being scored and a lot of rushed deep balls to DK Metcalf, who has come off really like looking like a top five wide receiver in the league this year, stat-wise and just ability-wise. There's a lot of things he does for that team that are insane, a lot of catches he makes and plays he makes, and he seems to be kind of Russ's main guy this year. So, Yeah. Um, the, the Seahawks, you know, despite everything with let Russ cook and that whole narrative that, in my opinion, is is kind of like starting to piss me off just because it's everybody's just saying it and um, the – idea that Russ has never gotten an MVP vote is kind of been out like overshadowed, like not overshadowed, but like overstated because it's not like you were going to vote for Russ over Lamar last year. And it's not like you were going to vote for Russ over Patrick Mahomes years ago. So like the fact that Russ has never gotten an MVP vote is honestly, if you go back and look at the seasons that the past MVPs have had, they have been far superior to Russ's, seasons and I, I think that the whole idea that let Russ cook and all this things he has to do that because their defense is so bad they've allowed over 12, 1200 passing yards through the first three games first team to ever do that in NFL history so it's they can't just run the ball they have to constantly throw it because their defense on the back end is atrocious they don't have any pass rush and apart from Jamal Adams their their back seven are are not that good um so I think that that's going to be, you know, something that could really come back to hurt them if Russ is not able to keep up this insane pace. Um, and if you are a team who can control the ball and run the ball and get time of possession, I think you can do some damage against the Seahawks. Yeah, and I think that comes down to, look, if, if Russ ha- happens to have a bad game at some point, then – that blows it for you because you, you you have maybe a two picks for three picks from Russ and then all of a sudden now it's two possessions you've given up and your defense is not going to be able to stop teams. You can't come back for that. Um, but, you know, having said that, I mean, if you look at what he's number, – numbers-wise been doing so far and did on Sunday, I think he – I don't know if you remember uh, this Sunday was National Sundays and National uh, SON Day, and I think Russ kind of really went off and made – the Cowboys' his sons because he looked so absolutely ridiculous on Sunday and was just dropping dimes and 
what he threw for five tutties and however many 400 yards there was. I mean, dude, the dude is putting up insane numbers, half because he has to and half because he can, and he now has the full kind of arsenal to do that. And, you know, it's as a Niners fan, it's a little scary to see him, but I'm hoping, you know, that the defense can get a few picks and the Niners do play him and, and we can have our full roster back and uh, come back and help win that division. So, yeah, I think this was a this was a really good weekend of NFL football. There was a lot of good games. It started off pretty slow, but there ended up being a lot of, of really good games to watch. Um, and a lot of things a lot of things went well. My last thing I will talk about real quick is uh, the the Giants. Just the Niners were missing nine starters, and yet the Giants in mostly on defense, and the Giants could do absolutely nothing against the Niners on defense. They they couldn't do shit. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't throw the ball. Their only offense was Daniel Jones, like, keeping on read options and running for 25 yards. I mean, they they looked like the worst team in the NFL on Sunday because the Niners were missing nine guys, and they still lost by, like, 25 points. It was embarrassing for to watch. If I was a Giants fan, I would be pissed because they looked shitty. Yeah, and there's have been – so not only are the – the, the Giants absolutely horrible and have no identity without Saquon. Um, but the Jets are even worse, in my opinion. They have no off. I mean, granted, a lot of their players, their top four players on offense are hurt. But um, just a little fun stat for all you Jets and Giants fans that I think you'd love to hear is that <laughs> Jets and Giants have combined for 75 points through three games combined. There are 19 teams in the NFL alone who have scored more than that. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. New York is not doing well with football. New York is not football town uh, mm-hmm. right now at all. Well, I guess not even New York is New Jersey, but yeah. They and who, do you think, who do you think would win on a neutral field between the Giants and the Jets? A neutral field? So you mean at MetLife and East? I mean, they share yes. a stadium? Yes. Uh, with no fans. The Jets, I think, would win that game. I just, I mean, Especially with that Saquon for the Giants, after what I saw this weekend, it was such a poor, poor performance. And because the, the the Jets played the Jets played the Niners last week, Niners had still a bunch of their guys for the first quarter in the first half. They still had Bosa, they still had Garoppolo, they still had Mostert, they had Killer for a little bit. The Giants played us. We had none of those guys the entire time, and still, and we still beat them by more. I mean, it yeah. it, it, it was such a and they could do zero on offense. It was embarrassing to watch. So. For all my Giants and Jets fans out there, I, I don't thoughts know, and prayers. Hopefully, you're a Yankees fan. I, I, I don't tell I you. Guess. I yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, all those Giants fans are holding on to their Eli Manning Super Bowls and their David, David Tyree catches. And oh man, we won a Super Bowl. We won two Super Bowls. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, you had that, but that was like a decade ago. Uh, yeah, dude, get over it. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, Move on. Yeah, and I think even if you combine the Jets and the Giants rosters, they'd still be the, still be terrible. Still be terrible. Still suck. Who would start a quarterback? Probably Darnold. Maybe. I got probably Darnold, but like, yeah. Anyway, let's yeah. New York football. Hey, you get the Bills. Maybe become a Bills fans. Go head upstate. Get out of the city. Go upstate and root for the Bills. Do some so. apple picking. Go get some wings and get absolutely plastered and jump through a table. And then you can forget all about the Jets and the Giants' woes. That's our only advice for you guys. All right. I think that does it with football um, for this weekend. Uh, we had some great, great weekend of football, but we also had some good basketball. And wouldn't you know it, another NBA Finals. Another appearance by LeBron James. I mean, this guy is pretty much – He lives there. He lives he's there. He's from Akron, but he lives in the NBA Finals. Um, 
Also, something I think was uh, uh, Andre Gadawa. Six straight for my boy. With my boy. Uh, it was how some like Udonis Haslam has been in the past. Was it in the finals in the past three, he's been in the finals in the past three decades. Yeah, there's all that's I love like every time that some this like kind of the new finals or Super Bowl, whatever it is, there's always like these random stats because guys in the NBA jump teams from so many places. Yeah, like, like they somebody put out a stat of like since like 1984, somebody has made the finals who has played with Shaq. Yeah, it's like or or there's the one I saw was like oh this is one that's actually kind of I don't know kind of cool but like it was the last like what was it eight years that it's been the Heat or the Warriors in every single NBA Finals. It's like, well, yeah, because LeBron was in the Heat before they went to the Cavs and the Warriors became good. And then it's like, well, obviously, like, so it's just weird stats. But, yeah, Heat, Lakers, NBA Finals, real quick, we'll do just the lines for you guys on that. Uh, right now I'm seeing Heat at around plus 280. Lakers at minus 350 for that. Um, for the I mean, series? Look, for the series. I mean, look, I mean – We've been saying, I've been saying, look, if you had ridden the heat train all, all playoffs long, you would have been set. Um, and be a rich man. And I've been saying every series that, you know what, okay, now the heat luck might be out. Okay, now it might be out. The Celtics are win the series. And it hasn't. Um, but I'm going to say that again. Now the heat luck is going to run out. I don't see them beating the Lakers. Then again, Jimmy Butler and Hero and Bam could go and prove me wrong. I don't really know. It's too kind of weird of a line. I'm not going to be on the Lakers at minus 350. I'm not putting down, you know. 350 just to win 100 because the Heat have been playing crazy. But, yeah, so it's – I mean, I think I'm going to stay away from the first game um, and just, just kind of watch and see how they play each other to kind of gauge on how I want to bet the rest of this series. One thing that I do like before, you know, the finals kick off is looking at when the series will finish. Um, to finish in five games, it's plus 175. Six games, plus 150, and seven games, uh, plus 225. I like plus 150 at six games. Um, I, do too. I think that's a good one. I think, I think the Lakers are going to win um, with, you know, everything that happened with Kobe and them playing for LeBron. And uh, I just think they have the two best players on the court on their team um, in AD and LeBron. Uh, but... I think it'll be. Yeah, big... and, and you said you said five games was what? Uh, plus one seventy five. Yeah, I think that that's something that you could you could kind of not hedge, but you could bet. I might think about betting if I were you. You can you know, look at okay, let's put you know a unit on five games and a unit on on six games. I think it'll be five or six. I don't think it's gonna be a sweep. I don't think it's gonna be seven. Um, but if you have plus one seventy five and plus one fifty, you can kind of guarantee yourself at least uh, the difference between those two. Um, and I think that's an opportunity to make some money there because if they're both plus, both plus territory and they're both pretty high plus territory, you can find some value in there. Um, but that would be maybe put a little more on what you think is going to be. And then maybe just, you know, maybe put, you maybe put two units on the six games, maybe one on the, the game five to kind of uh, change that out a, a little bit. But yeah, I think it's going to be five or six. I don't think it's going to be sweep. It's not going to be seven. Um, so yeah, I like that. I like the lines for the five and six as well. So yeah, um, I'm just I'm just excited to just see these two teams match up. I do like the under uh, for game one. It's at two seventeen and a half. Um, both very good defensive team, yeah. and I think that we could see it being like I don't know one one oh six ninety nine or one oh three ninety five something like that. Like not going all the way up to like one ten 
112, something like that. So I like the under, but yeah, um, I definitely want to watch the first game and, and just kind of see how, how they play each other. Yeah, I agree. And it, that's something that we've had, we've kind of experienced all playoffs is look, let's kind of see how these teams play each other because we don't, you know, the teams, but you don't know. And especially in kind of in the regular season, because you're not, you're not having a seven game series, the teams, you're not going to be able to do a whole lot of scouting before you play them. So it's look, let's play our game and, you know, play our game throughout the whole regular season. And if we're good, we're going to win more games than we're going to lose. And if we're not good, we're going to lose a lot of games. But when it comes to the playoffs, it's a kind of a whole different beast because you have to prepare so much to play these teams and you're playing them seven games in a row. So you're learning a lot game to game and you can change your whole play style based on an exact team because you have to beat this team seven, four times and not just, you know, one game and move on. Because, But if you devoted that much effort in the regular season to each team you played, you wouldn't have enough time. You'd be changing up your game yeah. way too much. Um, so it's, it's a lot different than a regular season game, any playoff game is. And uh, so that's why I think that I agree with you. It's, it's good to watch one game. Um, to see how these teams match up and adjust and see what their kind of strategies are using to, to match each other. So, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, not having fans in the finals is huge, especially for a young team like the Heat, who, you know, Duncan Robinson, Bam, uh, Tower Hero, uh, Jimmy Butler, these guys have never been to the finals before. And so the nerves of, you know, being on, a national stage being the last NBA games of the season, competing for an NBA championship, having that home court advantage or disadvantage of being an away team plays a huge role in the finals, more so than I think any other playoff series, obviously, because it's just bigger stakes, high, uh, bigger stage. Um, so that'll be interesting yeah. to see as well and see how that kind of affects the younger players who have never been on that stage because they're playing in the bubble in Orlando where they've been comfortable for the past two, two and a half months, three months. Yeah. And my, kind of my just last point here on, on this, it's gotta be kind of weird for the guys, you know, for the Lakers and the, and the heat, cause they came into the bubble, right. With what there's 16 teams with them in the bubble and however many guys that's going to be, it's like 160 some odd guys in the bubble. And then to kind of each week, you know, that bubble is kind of shrinking and shrinking. There's less and less guys. And now there's just, what, probably 25 guys, players in the bubble. And it's got to feel like a ghost town there. And, and like a little bit weird. And, like, how do you react now when you see these guys? You're going to run into Lakers players around the bubble as the heat. And how do you react to that? Because there's no one else there. So I think it's kind of a funny thing that you're never going to get again in sports because there's no bubbles like that ever. So I think it's kind of weird for them and uh, kind of cool to think about. But. Yeah, it's the NBA Finals, uh, so that's kind of the lines on that and what we're feeling. Um, again, like we said, tough lines for the Lakers being huge favorites to win this. It's tough to kind of bet on this, but I think you can find some value in there and the, how many games is going to last and maybe individual game lines. Um, and then lastly, just touch on real quick, obviously M the MLB, MLB, Jesus, baseball playoffs are starting today. Um, so, yeah, there's the expanded playoffs edition. Uh, so it's kind of a lot of teams in there with a lot of things can happen. There's it's a whole different ballgame. We don't know really how it's going to play out, but uh, any thoughts you have on uh, on MLB playoffs coming up? Yeah, well, I'm stoked to see my A's back in the playoffs for the third straight year. Um, but they're not going to be playing a one-game playoff for the wild card. They're playing a three-game series against the Sox. 
which uh, I like a lot. I, I hate. I always hate that one game playoff yeah. thing. It's like you got to burn your your best pitcher in that game too, and then you get to the first game of the next series. And now you're in your number two pitcher, and it's well. It's, you also play. You play 165 or 160 games, and then your season can be over in one game. Like, yeah, it, I, um, I hate I, that. I've always hated it, and I've hated it even more because the A's haven't won a wild card game in the past two years that they were in. Um, obviously, they have a very tough matchup with the uh, White Sox, but we'll see. And I think that, you know, baseball is so, especially playoff baseball, the fans are such a huge part. Um, so I, I think it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. But I, I'm, I'm hoping my A's can can do something and, and, and get past the, the White Sox to get to the second round to either play the Astros or the Twins, which is actually on right now, um, which kind of leads me into my lock of the day. And I know we're going to do our locks here. So I'll just start off with mine. Our locks of the day are brought to you by Bill's Plumbing Service. Shout out, Bill. Uh, their slogan is, get that shit out of here. So job, my Bill. Today, uh, which is actually currently going on right now, is Twins minus half a run in the first five innings. They're currently up 1-0, but the uh, Astros have players on at first and second in the top of the fourth. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, that's uh, – so playoffs turn today, like you said. Um, I have not been watching enough baseball, unfortunately, to really kind of know what lines I'm going to want to be picking, so I kind of stay away from betting on baseball. Um, but – yeah, I'm going to go to my lock of the day real quick as well. Um, mine is going to be, I know me and Tommy talked about kind of staying away from game one of the NBA playoffs, but kind of of all the lines out there from now till till next weekend, I want to like, like I said, because baseball isn't my strong suit. I like Lakers. I got minus four and a half in my book. Um, like I said, I'd like to be able to sit here and, and watch a game first, but you know, if I had to toss some money on something, I think it would be Lakers minus four and a half. I think that's kind of a generous line, honestly, for the Lakers. I think they're going to win by more than that if uh, in this first game. Um, and uh, I think they're just a the better team all around. I think everyone knows that. But like I said, the Heat always kind of find a way. But I think uh, at minus four and a half, that's just much too small to not take. So I'm going to lock that in, Lakers minus four and a half for this week, and uh, hope they pull off game one. But again, like I said, he could still pull it off, but I like the Lakers, but I would love to see a Heat NBA Finals championship. But we'll see if that happens. All right. Well, that's probably going to do it for us here today. Uh, thanks, you guys, for listening. I hope you had uh, good weekends yourselves in uh, NFL gambling, if you're debating MLB or look at the finals, or, hey, if just a sports fan, like to watch and, uh, and not bet. That's okay, too. We don't judge, although we do encourage – a little uh a little sports gambling for the soul yeah with responsible action of course exactly responsible first but it makes it more fun exactly all right guys so we will see you um on friday for our week five preview was it week four week four preview week four, week four. preview and uh <laughs> yeah thanks for listening
buckle makes impressions on the inside of her thigh There are little feathered Indians where we tussle through the night If I'd known she was religious, then I wouldn't have came stoned to the house of such an angel Too fucked up to get back Looking over West Virginia, smoking spirits on the roof She asked, ain't anybody told you that them things are bad for you? I said, many folks aboard me, there's been several people try But up till now, there ain't been nothing that I couldn't leave behind Hold me close, my dear